0: hello everybody and welcome into another episode of the make comics podcast from comics experience the show where we talk about the nuts and bolts of making comics i'm joey grow he is andy schmidt formerly of san diego comic-con formerly of c2e2 and now back at home and back on the making comics train andy we haven't talked about c2e2 uh we talked a little bit about your san diego comic-con offline how was uh, c2e2
1: uh, I was only at C2E2 for a single day, so I was only there on Friday. But on the th- on Thursday, the day before, I was at Lunar Distributors um, Retailer Summit. Um, so I was I wor- was working there two days, but one day was at this summit where Lunar and if you don't know who Lunar is, Lunar is the second distributor in comics in America. Used to pretty much just be Diamond was the only game in town, but now DC Comics left Diamond and went over to Lunar and a lot of other publishers are now signing on with Lunar as well as Diamond. So like CEX, which is the publishing company I run, we use both of them. We, we solicit our books through both. We take sales through both, et cetera, et cetera. But Lunar's, um, has been really great. They put on a really good event. Um, I got to talk to, I got to, I got to talk to, or get, I got introduced to a ton of retailers mm. I, I really had, like, kind of more meaningful conversations, longer conversations with maybe 10 to 20 retailers. Um, and it was great. They had great feedback on, you know, the CEX books that we've done, on stuff that's coming up. There was a lot of excitement for some projects that we haven't really announced yet. Um, there's a lot of excitement for Saga of the Doomed Universe, which was actually uh, orders were closing within the next week after that. So hmm. people were really excited about that. I had, a, I had an advanced copy of it um, with me. Um, these are some of the things that publishers do, like behind the scenes, that like nobody really ever talks about. That, are, right. that really help sell books, you know. Like, like when you when you hear a complaint from from creators, and sometimes they're probably true. Like, they didn't do anything for my book. It's like, these are the things we do. Where I'm like, no, I didn't go there just to promote Saga of the Doomed Universe. That's our next book that was coming out. Orders were open at that time, so yeah, I pushed that one pretty hard. But I pushed a lot of the others. We talked about some of the comedies we've done, some of the fantasy books we've done, you know, all kinds of stuff. These are the things that that you know bump orders on all the books that you know sometimes you know publishers maybe aren't the best at communicating like here's all these things that we did you know to promote your book but anyway that event was really great Luna ran it really well um the dinner was excellent um so my thanks go out to Christina and and her team um so that was that was exciting um really getting to talk to retailers and see what works in their stores and what doesn't work in their stores and so Mm. on and then, uh, and then Friday I actually spent at the show primarily, I really went that weekend primarily to, you know, sort of establish and reestablish some relationships with retailers. And so mm-hmm. myself and, uh, JJ that works with me, um, I don't know if you could hear that, but it yep. was Chester, Iowa ringing.
0: Oh, Chester. Uh,
1: I don't know anyone in Chester,
0: Iowa. So
1: <laughs> I sense of voicemail. Um, so yeah, so so JJ and I went to um, went to the show together, and we again met with a lot of retailers that weren't at the summit, and talked with them, but we also talked with a lot of creators. Um, so that was good, and and compared to last year, and oddly enough, I was only at C2E2 one year, one day last year as well. Last year, because Kentucky got hit by tornadoes Mm -hmm. that night, and the rest of my family lives in Kentucky. So I actually just left the next morning and went home because I kind of wanted to see everybody. This time, uh, this time I left Friday night and I went camping with my family. Much more fun.
0: Ah, much more fun. Um,
1: Yeah. So, um, but that was, it was great. And I would say the attendance was a lot higher this Friday than the previous C2E2 Friday. So it looks like. Yeah, I mean, I, it just the shows, I uh, the last couple of shows I've gone to, it looks like attendance has been higher. It looks like more creators are starting to come back. Great. You know, a lot of creators don't want to get exposed to COVID. And I don't know how, but um, I managed to do San Diego and C2E2 and The Summit and still remain COVID-free, which is kind of shocking. So I credit my booster shots.
0: So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, your hearty camping time i
1: haven't actually had the booster yet but my yeah i credit my vaccine for me not getting it because even though i was wearing a mask like you were required at san diego to wear a mask and at c2e2 i think to wear a mask um or no not at c2e2 you weren't required i wore a mask on the show floor because you know big crowd I, yeah. And my, my kids were starting school like two days later. So I didn't, <laughs> kid, I was getting home that Sunday night after the camping trip and my kids started school on Wednesday. So I didn't, I didn't want them to miss the first week of school. You know, you didn't want to be I, that I link in the slack. chain that yeah, said, yeah, I didn't want to be that
0: guy. Yeah. Um, understandable.
1: Yeah. And like one of my nights son, my youngest son was starting middle school. Like how sad slash cool is that? Um, yeah. So yeah, so new school for him, I definitely didn't want to ruin that. So right. but yeah. First week, first um, week. Well, but that's made me feel like a lot like a lot more confident about going to these to these shows. You know, I was a little hesitant or like, you yeah. know, even if even if I got COVID and it wasn't a terrible bad case of it, like it still can pack a little bit of a wall up and being out of the office for a week or two is not helpful. So yeah. Now I just get normal concrete.
0: Right, right. But, just, just yeah, your regular was, sick.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was good. I would say things seem like they are bouncing back, and and what I saw a lot of was a lot of indie creators doing really well. Um, that's what I saw a lot of.
0: Um, oh, and and, cool. and this dovetails to to the subject matter. If you're listening to this, you've obviously seen the subject line, of talking about kind of the state of sales, and from your perspective, obviously visiting with retailers talking to distributors that's a different insight than than maybe most folks get outside of reading sales numbers or any kind of analysis when you say good for indie creators do you have qualifiers there that you think that hey this is different because it was not this way last year or look at the options that continue to flourish with crowdfunding and doing your own comic and webtoons as an option and
1: Yes. Yes. Like, well, kind of all of those things. What right. I was thinking of specifically when I said that at that moment was C2E2. Sure. Right? Like, like last year at C2E2, I wasn't seeing a lot of commerce and I was a little that, you know, I definitely like took notice. Um, then um, this year, the the crowd wasn't, you know, a blowout crowd on Friday and I I talked to people afterwards and they said Saturday and Sunday attendance was was bigger, which is normal. Like that's normal. Right. Um, but what I did see on Friday was indie creators doing better. They were getting asked to do more sketches. Mm-hmm. They were getting they were selling their indie comics more, and people were coming for the stuff that was a little harder to find. There were retailers there that sure they had their Marvel and DC stuff out there. That wasn't the stuff people were really I think primarily interested in, of course you've got your, your fans of Batman and Spider-Man and whatnot, but um, that are looking for a good deal or, um, you know, the, those like exclusive variants of like the special Spider-Man cover or whatever, like those, those are doing well too, I think from what I could tell. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, what I saw was, was really heartening in that it seemed like there was a, there was a genuine interest in, not just in, you know, the quote unquote sort of big box stuff, but, um, but in, in the people out there doing it for themselves, you know, which is cool. Um, so yeah,
0: so that was good. That was always the, but it, yeah, the kind of the before times, the great part about going to a comic convention and I'll say the before times, meaning like the last decade, uh, where I feel like things maybe have shifted to a bit more corporatization at, at shows. And the walking around the show floor and seeing stuff that you just haven't been exposed to and seeing different creators and getting those books that are new to you, yeah. it just opens up so many possibilities and so many avenues.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's just some of the other signs outside of just the one day at one show which is not something I would base a like a bigger statement on. But outside of that, you know, what I'm seeing is I am seeing crowdfunding Kickstarter specifically doing really, really well. Um, Zoop is a new crowdfunding uh, service specifically for comics and graphic novels. It's like they are doing more and more stuff. Um, and the numbers seem to be bigger in terms of quantities and dollar numbers too. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's true, like across the board. Like, are everybody's numbers going up? Sometimes that's the case. Like, all boats are rising with the tide. Right. Sometimes it's like the bigger things are getting bigger and they're sucking more oxygen out, and like, sort of your mid-range things tend to sort of drop out, and they either go up and they become a bigger thing, or they're dropping down and they're yeah. a smaller thing. Right, right. I haven't done a deep dive, you know, you know, and I don't have access to the real data to determine that. But from what I've seen, from what I've seen people talking about online, from the creators I've talked to about kind of what they're selling, and even because I also run ONS Printing, the printing business, we print a lot of stuff for Kickstarter people. And I'm starting to get new orders from people, you know, from somebody that did a Kickstarter a year or so ago. And they're like, hey, I printed X Extra and I'm out. And let's talk about printing more, which is great. Yeah, I mean, that's really, that's really heartening from, a, I mean, it's great for, you know, that I get another print order, but like, that's, that's cool, but it's really great in that, like I said, you know, the the anecdotal evidence that I am seeing in different places and in different, and it's coming to me sort of in different ways um, seems to be indie creators, people kind of going out and doing their own thing, audiences, fans, readers, however you want to talk about it, seem to be maybe collectors too, you know, are seem to be really responding to their work and, and they're selling stuff, which is great. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, that, that is. And, you know, it kind of goes back to the, well, what do you want to do in comics kind of philosophy of why are you making a comic? Why are you interested in learning more about writing or art or coloring or editing you know, the, the why's, or are you just looking to build up your skill set, or do you want to put out your own comic? And, I think that the the DIY world does seem like there's still so many different options. And, you know, even within that, you can look to build audience through social media of the comic that you're kickstarting, you know, or have kickstarted. You could always take that and post a page a day to, you know, whatever social media you're on or build your own site and get that out there. It all kind of goes back to what are your goals and how are you trying to meet them? So having the, having that, convention where people are there to you know in theory they want to buy comics they want to learn more about comics and making comics Uh, it's good to hear that 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 felt like there was some some amount of the the artist alley independent creator or you know for that matter too i think when you see a lot of folks that are signed up with a dc and marvel they like to push their indie books as well at conventions because that's good for them (laughs) the stuff that they have and have a stake in and that their readers may not be familiar with them if they're only reading them on big two comics. It seems like yeah. um, you know. That, I think there was a light bulb moment for me earlier <laughs> in my going to conventions where you're like, oh, they just bring, they they just bring this stuff because they probably had to pay for it or maybe got it at discount, and they obviously want to sell their Marvel and DC titles. But being able to get that directly from a creator at a convention is, is such a different thing.
1: Yeah, I mean it was really it was really good. And I saw the same at, at San Diego. Like I was sitting with uh I was sitting with um and and chatting with Xander Cannon at one time who does mm-hmm. Kaiju Max over sure. at Oni. Um a wonderful book that is that's <laughs> uh it's for mature readers, but but it's about giant kaiju monsters in a giant like island prison, basically. And it's sort of like Oz meets Godzilla.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh That's probably the best way to explain it. But anyway, it's a great book. But it's been going out for a long time. I think there's six trade paperback volumes. and He's got three like oversized hardcovers. Like, yeah, I brought all this stuff. Didn't know what to expect. (laughs) Uh There's no way I'll sell through all of it. And I was like, well, good. I'm glad because I actually needed to buy. I think the latest two. (laughs) And but I didn't want to. I didn't want. It was like in the morning on Saturday. I was. I didn't want to buy it and carry it around all day long. So knew I was going to be on my feet anyway. Yeah. And I was like, great. I'll come by tomorrow. You know, I'll come by on Sunday. And and pick him up and uh i come by on come by on sunday and he was out
0: oh wow sold, well, good i was like
1: yeah i can't believe it you know uh and and again one example but sure. uh he wasn't the only one you know it was definitely you know i was i was hearing good things from from most folks uh, about what they were able to move and do and so yeah it seems like now seems like a really good time for indie creators to to it seems like there's the interest in it um and fans are coming to comics, from what I can tell, from different places. So it used to be that I, that I felt like we were seeing more people migrate away from comics, you know? Um, and now I feel like that trend is reversing. So you've got people that saw so a lot of people who said their, their gateway into, even into American comics, was manga. And now they've started getting into you know, American comics, but they don't seem to be getting into, you know, the superhero stuff nearly as much. They're more into slice of life stuff. They're more into fantasy or crime or whatever. Um, fantasy is a big one, horror for sure. Um, so, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people coming in, um, instead of migrating out, you know, there was, you know again, it's anecdotal. I don't have any evidence of this, but I do feel like the superhero audience has such an abundance of media now uh through movies and TV and whatnot that that you don't have to get your fix of superhero stuff in comics anymore and and I don't think there's a ton of people that like stopped reading comics altogether, but if you're a superhero fan, you're covered. <laughs> You know, <laughs>
0: um, uh, there, there are, I'm very excited about She-Hulk. There, there, <laughs> she's,
1: it's going to be the first Marvel show in a while that I, that I, that I'm pretty confident I'll watch all the way through.
0: She's a, an attorney at law.
1: She is, she is, and what could be more exciting? Uh, no, it, well, I love. Uh, I, I forget her, Tatiana, I know is her first name I forget her last name, but actress from, from Orphan Black Orphan is how Black. I refer to it yeah. yeah, yeah, she's amazing Do
0: you, do you ever uh, listen to her on Comedy Bang Bang? No Oh, she's super funny It's uh, She was just on, I guess, the last week's episode I think she started coming on there to promote Orphan Black And just really fit in And she shows up even when she doesn't have stuff So it's just her getting to be funny and goof around uh, yeah. To plug another, well, another terrific podcast
1: I'm glad she's funny um, she is a very, very talented actress
0: um, great. and
1: her, and her being funny is certainly going to play well in the She-Hulk. She-Hulk was really fun to me and, and, you know, i not because I was an assistant editor on that, on the Dan Slott version of the book.
0: So you were on that run. That
1: was a great run. I was on that run. Yeah. And it was really fun. And we had a really fun time. Well, quick digression. on that book.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, did you all know the tone kind of from the get go or was that something that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, in, that was in Dan's pitch. You know, yeah, it was that's like, great. She's attorney at law. She's working on superhero stuff, and it'd be really clever. And and Dan had been uh, he hadn't started on Spider Man yet. That came a little later. Um,
0: oh, gotcha. I
1: think, but he'd been working in our office for a while. I had gotten to know him a bit. Like I knew he was a really funny guy. But it was when I read, and I don't remember the issue number, but the issue of Ren and Stimpy. Um, he wrote Ren and Stimpy for quite a while before yeah, he did yeah. really anything at Marvel. And there is one. I mean, they're all really, really clever and really funny. So like I knew just from reading his Ren and Stimpy stuff that like this book was gonna be funny if you got anywhere near that funny. But there was one issue of it that was a choose your own adventure Ren and Stimpy issue. Where at the bottom of pretty much every page, I think, you have your option. Go to this page, go to this page if you want Ren to do this, blah, 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 or whatever. And it is so complicated
0: <laughs> and so,
1: but so funny. And I think the best part is there is a page in the middle of that book somewhere that nothing ever directs you to. (laughs) And so like the only way you're going to get to it is if you actually like look for it and go, I haven't read this page. Right. And it's like, and it's a page that's sort of like, I can't remember exactly what it is now, but like they're in like a, like a circular time loop. So you can never get out of that page. I think Um, it's really, I mean, it's so incredibly clever from a format standpoint and all that stuff that like once I read that, I was like, yeah, he's going to nail this. And he did. I mean, I, I, it it was so perfect and so different from anything else, you know, that Marvel or DC was doing at the time, that it just really stood out.
0: Yeah. It's, it was super fun. A great, a great template for that kind of show. I think that's, that's really cool. Well, I look forward to uh, checking it out as well. Um, You know, it's, Funny you talk about superheroes. I, I guess, in the grand scheme of making comics, you can obviously make a superhero comic, and there have been plenty of non Marvel and DC superhero comics. From just uh, I'm just curious, do you feel like, from the I don't know, let's take the last five years, your, your involvement has been a little bit different with moving into publishing and obviously with comics experience? Uh, doing that do you feel like you've seen more genres open up or maybe that's my misconception thinking about early on where people coming to comics experience going I love superhero comics or was it always kind of I just want to make comics whatever they are
1: like since starting comics experience so I started comics experience in 2007 and when I started it it was it was 80 90 percent people coming in wanting to do superheroes yeah not necessarily wanting to write spider-man and batman some of them want to do their own superheroes but but yeah it was superheroes and I, now i would say it's 20 percent.
0: wow interesting
1: um, and it's not that everybody else wants to do it just seems like the interest in doing like work for hire like working for a big company where you don't own any piece of it the interest in that <laughs> i think
0: has, yep, has, has w- dwindled has waned um,
1: yeah but i but you know i would say you know the the people coming into comics experience have also changed. Like when I first started, it was men, twenties and thirties, like, and they wanted to write comics and they, and they, they wanted to write, you know, the uh, largely the comics that they grew up reading. And that's a very exciting prospect.
0: Yeah.
1: And now it's, it's probably not quite 50, 50 along male, female lines. Um, but it's, but we get, uh, yeah, so they're just more diverse, they're just very different backgrounds. Um, some older folks, too. Um, and by older, I don't mean like necessarily. It's We've had – I've had it, at least one or two people in their 70s. Nice. Um, we've had a couple people in their 60s. But then 50s is not uncommon in a class of – you know, in, in a class of 20 people in their intro to writing, for example, to have like two or three people in their 50s. Usually a bunch of their 40s. A lot of people that are kind of they've they've been out had their career. They love comics. They want to they want to try their hand at doing stuff. But we have a lot more hobbyists yeah. now that want to do one or two things, but don't necessarily want to make a full career move. We still have people that you know are very interested in the career, and we've got people that that make that happen. Yeah. But it's been really interesting to see the diversification of genre and styles and all that sort of stuff that that comes in. And one of the coolest things, like for me, kind of privately. Is that even with the different viewpoints and the different goals and the different desires that people have coming into the courses, I haven't had to change the curriculum all that much hmm. in terms of the process of making comics. I've,
0: sure.
1: I've, I've changed – like when I talk about the industry, I've changed that. And at the beginning of each class, we sort of talk about like where are you coming from? Where do you – what space you want to play in. So we talk more about crowdfunding, we talk more about indie stuff, we talk more about manga and, and things like um um oh what's the what's the big one right now the, the online
0: one. Webtoons.
1: Webtoons, yeah mm-hmm. we'll talk about webtoons and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of that has changed, right? But but in terms of the craft, like how do you approach a comic, how do you break story like like even when you get into the nitty gritty of the comic writing itself where you're talking about individual panels and how do you write dialogue for these sorts of things. Like even when you get into that, I haven't had to adjust that hmm. a whole lot. You know, sometimes I'll do like a little aside of like, well, here's a place where manga is a bit different and you'd adjust this way for manga, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or, or whatever, whatever. But the actual process that that we came up with and created, you know, now quite a while ago still works. I got this amazing email today, this morning, actually, from somebody that just finished the Intro to Writing class, who said he entered this contest with, like, 900 other people right after the class ended, and it was a really short deadline. It was, like, five days, soup to nuts for, I think it was, like, a nine-page comic or something like that. Um, I don't remember exactly. And he was like, we, we made it, and all I did was take what I learned in your class and, like, how to break the story this way, how to do this, how to make sure these things are, are connecting and you know, and it's like, and you know, and I worked with this artist and got it done. And like five days later, they had a nine page comic. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and it made it into the, you know, it made it into this anthology. Like, that's amazing. Um, and that wasn't something that we like, you know, that wasn't something that, that, you know, I taught to how to get into an anthology so much as I taught how to break story and make it work as a comic and all that kind of stuff. So right, that's been very heartening. That uh you know that story hasn't changed so much, or that the medium hasn't changed so much that that the core storytelling elements like don't work anymore
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, with everything that's changed, that core stuff and how it works hasn't changed all that much, which is which is cool, and it's nice for me because it means frankly that we built that class well right <laughs> yeah. right, um so yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that that we talked about before we, we hit record was, you know, this perception, I think that at least I'm hearing it a lot again, sort of anecdotally and online and whatnot is that, you know, there's all these major problems and I think it's coming from, and I had this conversation with a lot of people, you know, at both of those shows and stuff. Um, you know, it's coming from a lot of very specific, a couple of specific things that, From the outside, it looks like, you know, this company or that company is having problems or whatever might be, you know, not in great shape or what have you. But those seem to be very specific to those companies. Um, And I don't even know that they're all necessarily, like, bad. Like, it could, I mean, there's changing. There's change, and change means often change of personnel, layoffs, and whatnot, which is terrible when that happens to anyone. Um, but it may not mean like that company is collapsing or going to fold or something like that. Um, but so, but what I'm seeing really, like I were talking about with the indie stuff, I think the indie stuff is working great. And if there is, whenever there's sort of a lack of confidence in some of the bigger companies or even medium sized companies or whatever, that you tend to see a spike in indie. Stuff And that spike tends to not just be a spike. I mean, it tends to just go up and then stay up for quite a while. Um, and so, you know, I was talking with a lot of folks about that and I, we general consensus seemed to be that we think that sort of this perception that some of the other companies are struggling a little bit is driving more people to read more and more indie stuff again. So now seems like a really good time to be getting into making your own comics. Um, which is not to say that if you wait a year or two, like, it'll be a terrible time or anything, but it does seem much more solid right now to be an indie creator than it has in the past. Usually we sort of talk about indie creators being, you know, oh, they're real risk takers or whatnot, which is still true. Like, I don't want to, like, oversell it or anything. But, um, but yeah, I mean, some of the payoffs seem to be getting bigger and better. and. And uh, and now just seems like a really good time for people who are getting into making their own comics to to be doing it. Um, so that again, heartening and and great because as much as I like the comics I grew up with, uh, you know I was a I was a giant Marvel and DC fan as a kid and that's what got me into comics. But my horizons have expanded since then and I love seeing these other. Genres and newer creators and different art styles and all that sort of stuff coming up and really making a splash. So it's, I think as it's very easy to look at the landscape right now and be like, holy crap, the sky is falling, but I really don't think it is. And I really think it's actually looking pretty bright for indie creators at at this moment.
0: Uh, That's excellent to hear, uh, especially on that, that retailer side and being able to have those interactions with, um, kind of all that in mind uh, or, well, I was going to say are you planning on additional conventions this year or are you
1: yeah right now I think I'll probably just do I'll probably be at New York Comic Con uh, I'm not 100% sure I'm going to go to New York Comic Con but I'll probably be at New York Comic Con and then I will definitely go to Baltimore Comic Con um, which I have not been to in uh, let's see I think my I think it's been about 13 years
0: yeah always been a great show
1: yeah and you know it was that was a show that I always kind of wanted to keep going to and actually the last time I went I didn't even go as a professional I went um, I, it happened to be happening the weekend of my birthday that year oh and, nice and, uh, and I was in Baltimore my brother one of my brothers lives in Baltimore so we were in town visiting him and his family and my parents were in town. And then we all, we were all going, we we're all going out to eat and stuff like near the show. And so we all went to the show for a couple hours and I just walked around as a, as a fan and, you know, wasn't like conducting business or anything. And it was, it was, it was a great show. Um, and, uh, so I'm really looking forward to going again.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I'm just scrolling through. It's a, another great lineup of folks who are, uh, who are out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a really fun group of comic creators and some celebrities and stuff too, you know.
0: They well, got to make their money. Baltimore was always good about not having a ton of not comics folks. <laughs> and obviously yeah. that can change over time and uh, understandably so. Uh, but that's that's something I always appreciated about that and heroes was uh, just such a comics focus. Right. Which was always very cool. I see many Comics experience-related folks and Andy Schmidt orbit-related folks as well. There's a a Riley Brown as a latest guest added.
1: Yeah, yeah, Riley. Yeah, I was talking with him last week about, why aren't you going to Baltimore Comic-Con? You should go. And he's like, ah, you're right, I should go.
0: Bam! Done.
1: Yeah. Riley got that sorted.
0: Good. (laughs) Someone named Jim Lee, Friday only. Too bad he, he must not... Must not be able to stay for too long
1: he's he's probably going camping with his, <laughs> his kids the next day that's why people only go on fridays uh i think jim lee's got potential i think he might uh, i think he might go somewhere
0: give, give him a punisher war journal tryout see what happens <laughs> he, 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 it might stick
1: yeah it might work. <laughs> you know his first marvel work was alpha flight i,
0: I think i may have known that actually yeah yeah I wish I'd gone there instead of a Partial War Journal, because that was the earliest thing I could think of.
1: My uh, my brother was the only person reading Alpha Flight at the time. And um and like he I remember him like I I think I came home from school or something. He was like, You gotta look at this. This is amazing. <laughs> like this guy's gonna be so awesome. And I'm, and I'm like sitting there, I'm like, Well yeah, he's he's really good. Craig but like I mean I don't know why are you so convinced he's going to be like the next like John Byrne or whoever was our point <laughs> of reference at the time and he's like oh no look at this this is, this is this is so awesome and then yeah he was on Punisher's War Journal for five minutes and then he was on X-Men and then he was the biggest selling artist of all time <laughs> and I'm he like was oh was like, wow, well played brother Craig <laughs> well played and that wasn't the only artist he did that to he like early on he was um, he was it's like kind of amazing he was super sharp but just like and and not even like i'm gonna buy this stuff this guy's stuff because he's gonna be a big deal it right. was always like this guy's stuff is so awesome he'll be a big deal i love, can't wait to read more of his
0: stuff love the comics <laughs> you know? sure yeah,
1: yeah yeah it was all it was all from a place of love and, and uh but yeah he he like at the age of 13 had this like remarkable eye for for comics talent um it was it was it's kind of funny when we think about that
0: now. That's really cool. That's, it's always fun when you glom onto folks early on or the opposite where you come back to them later and you're like, I didn't like you to begin with, but I was dumb. You're great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's me and Kirby,
0: me and Kirby also.
1: Yeah. yeah I, 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 100%. I really did not like his stuff when I was, when I was young. And then I don't even remember. I don't even remember. there was like a particular book. Um, but yeah i came i came back to and I, like now his new god's like all that fourth world stuff he did it's like some of my favorite stuff i could i just get lost in it it's so
0: amazing he did um those superpower books for dc that tied into the toys and that's yeah. I, I so distinctly remember those and i remember really loving those but not ever having given his fantastic four work or anything else a second look and i, right. I don't know if that was like my gateway to oh but I, I sort of distinctly remember those.
1: So, so yeah, you're right in my zone because I I loved those toys. Right, right. they of uh, I have sold like every toy from my childhood, save one Dinobot.
0: <laughs> Can we guess the Dinobot?
1: <laughs> sure, go for it.
0: Is it Grimlock? No. Yeah, well, then I'm out. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it's Slag. It's the Triceratops.
0: Oh yeah, I had the Triceratops and the Who's not allowed horse. to be
1: called Slag anymore because that's a
0: mean thing to say to people. Got it.
1: Um, but but that one was slag and Omega Supreme. I still have my Omega Supreme. And then uh, and then uh, and then all of my superpowers toys. Nice. Like, and I had. I mean, at one point, I think I had them all. I don't know if I.
0: Ooh, so, even Cyclotron.
1: Yes, I had Cyclotron, and I had this one was really hard to find. I had Steppenwolf. So wow. That uh, it. Well,
0: when you're at Baltimore, see if you can find Jim Lee, tell them we've got a cyclotron pitch. What are they doing with cyclotron?
1: What are they doing with cyclotron? So but <laughs> I was going to say, those comics, uh, yeah, the Jack Kirby comics, Superpowers comics, I bought them because I was so into superpowers yeah. and the cartoon, which sure. was super friends. And then it was superpowers, the galactic Rangers. And- sure. Sure. And, um, or the legendary superpowers, or whatever it was, but, um, but I was so into that stuff. I was like, I'm buying these comics. They're going to be awesome. And I remember being like, I, I don't know. I don't know that I want to say this in a version that's going to be recorded. Like, <laughs> that they were Jack Kirby comics. Like, it, not that it wasn't like, oh, it's Jack Kirby. But it was just like, I just didn't, I didn't like it. But yeah. I kept buying them. Um. And I was like, it looks like the, all those characters look like robots because of the way they're inked and stuff. And then, then later, I got into Kirby's work, and like, like it all just opened up. And then I went back years later after that, even so, this is maybe fifteen years ago at this point now. But like, and was like, I re- realized I still had those superpowers comics, like mm. still had them, and I pulled them out and was like, oh no, this is awesome. Like, and then I read them and I loved them.
0: Like, um, yeah. Nice.
1: Sometimes sometimes it's not the material that needs to change. Sometimes it's you.
0: It's you. You change and appreciate it over time. Yeah, I I was on vacation recently and had an idea for a superhero comic, which I never think about on purpose and have not really thought too much about outside of thinking about stories for pre-existing superheroes. It was uh, unexpected. I was like, why is this in my brain? I wasn't trying to think of superheroes. That seems like... An avenue not to explore. (laughs) Right. But I had some ideas, and it was really fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it can be. can be super fun.
0: Super fun. Just don't put that on your cover and violate any trademarks. Well, what's going on at Comics Experience? What's coming up?
1: So, at the beginning of September, first week or so of September, maybe... Uh, we have actually our intro classes are starting up again this is you know it's back to school time so we do our intro to comics writing class is starting which I highly recommend Um, our intro to visual storytelling which is like our penciling you want to be a comic book storyteller penciling inking that sort of thing that's that's your class that's focused on storytelling Um, and our uh, introduction to coloring comics uh, with our good friend Soto Um, so we've got all three of those starting and, you know, like, like I said, like now is a great time to, to be diving in and, and, uh, and getting yourself situated, getting yourself comfortable with the formats, getting yourself comfortable with the medium, refresh all your story telling skills or build them from scratch. And, uh, yeah, now is, now is a good, now is I think is legitimately a really good time to be getting started on this stuff
0: you're never too old to make comics, never too late to make comics. I think the most uh, feedback I've ever gotten on an episode of this podcast was on the Nicole Boo's uh, being parents and making comics episode. I think that was something I always think about is I think some parents like to hear that even with juggling your relationships, your work-life balance, and your children, Uh, you can still make comics, and you should if that's the thing that you want to do.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you can also uh, I'm told make children, but that's a different podcast altogether that's I'm sure
0: there's plenty of those, but we don't, <laughs> we're not uh, patreon supported. Uh, well, if you have a question that you'd like to hear talked about on the show, you can email info at comicsexperience dot com. You can follow comics experience on Twitter. There's also comicsexperience.com. you can go to twenty four seven and engage with folks uh, at the forums as well as. Uh, find lots of resources i recently pointed somebody to the script archive on twitter and they they were thankful to find that resource so that's you know just one of those free things you can go and just look at a bunch of comic book scripts that different writers have donated uh, over the years and that's that's really go- a cool way to go in and start taking apart stuff if you've never seen how scripts are put together yeah. all right well until next time keep making comics <laughs>